I thank you for for this new vibrant community that you are. You are growing. You are building. And we give this church back to you. And we give this community back to you. That Jesus, you say, your promises that you will build the church. You will build the church in London. You will build the church in this area. And our role is just simply to make disciples. We just invite your presence now. In Jesus' name. I've, um, we've been, on the Sundays, we've been carrying on a series of going deeper into the Alpha course, um, but these last few weeks and these last sort of 48, 72 hours have meant that I've sort of parked that talk for another day, and I, I just want as a community just to reflect and pray together and remind ourselves about what the Bible says about Living with uncertainty. Uh, so I've, I've titled this talk, Hope Remains. And um, I hope you get the uh, analogy there, but hope <laughs> remains. Um, I don't know about you, our, our history and your history, mine, our history, are, are shaped by these one-time events. We can look back at our lives and remember where we were at these, at these moments in our, in our life, we can, we can, people who've gone through trauma can remember the music that was played, they can remember the, the, the weather, they can remember what they wore. Your history uh, is shaped by these, some of these one-time events. We can trace a moment in our life, a conversation, a moment of achievement, uh, and it affects who we are now but also who we're, who we're meant to be. And we could all, we all have all, some of these stories. These last few days, I've got no doubt, will reshape a nation. And so it's important for us, I think, to start, um, at the start of this sort of seismic moment, to gather, to gather together. Um, the Bible says that the, the church is built on the apostles and the prophets. So today is going to have that kind of ilk to it. Um, I'm likely to go off piste. I've got my sort of skis on. I'm likely to go off. Um, but I, I believe that like an earthquake, if, I, if anyone lives around the tectonic plates, they know that one time there's going to be an earthquake. They know one time their house is going to have to be prepared for, for something that happens. It might not happen for for a decade or two, but they know because they live near these tectonic plates that an earthquake's about to happen. An earthquake's about to happen. Uh, in our nation, June the 24th will now uh, and has now put a, a chain of aftershocks as well uh, that will reshape our nation uh, for and nations forever and generations to come because of this one-time moment of event. As you can hear my accent, I'm a proud Londoner, and I absolutely love this city. Uh, but this event gives me hope, and uh, this event gives me hope about gospel. Yeah. And I'm hoping today might inspire us. I'm kind of hoping it would inspire us. Whether you know Jesus or not, I'm hoping that um, we will turn towards the source of hope, that we will turn to the Bible, 
we'll turn to the truth during this sort of un uncertain period. Uh, in our nation, there are, there are a number of sort of cultural pillars which influence um, things like education, big, big sort of cultural pillar, the arts, family, business, religion, media and government. These, uh, I want to propose that over these last few days and years, the government in our nation has been sowing fear has been sowing this fear for, for a number of times, whether it's years, whether it's months, whether this these last couple of days. Uh, like any farmer, if they've got apple seeds and they sow apple seeds, they know that the seeds aren't going to produce oranges. They, they can guarantee, I've sown an apple seed, it's going to produce an apple. Uh, I want to propose that, that the government and politics have been sowing fear. And so this... 20, June 24th is, is now we're reaping fear because of what's been, what's been said. These, um, I was talking about these, these seven areas, they're kind of, or seven mountains of influence, if you like. Uh, and it affects, our, it affects all of us, our, our values, our behaviours, our thinking. Um, some of the things that I've, I've seen and you've seen, if you've been scrolling your social media stream, is fear, and the, the overwhelming sense of fear, anger, confusion, frustration, and uh, it's, we're going through this, <coughs> after this massive trauma in our nation, we're going to go through this cycle of grief. Um, and if we do it in a healthy way for an individual, if you go through trauma, whether that's any kind of traumatic experience, if you manage it well, that cycle of healing will take about 18 months. You go through sort of grieving, Anger, frustration, loss. Sometimes you go back to grieving, uh, and then hope. So if we do that well, one conservative minister—I I didn't get a chance to see her name—but I think she was the business secretary. She said, "This said this yesterday. This nation needs to find healing." And so when I pull my eyes off the BBC News or Sky News or Facebook—I don't know if, what your Facebook feed's been like. My mind is drawn to work, towards the words of the one who I want to oppose brings hope. And he says this in, in John 18. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. I've got some good news. God is still on his throne. He's not slipped. He's not kind of rocked, he's not shocked, he's not confused, he hasn't spilt his tea over his white robe, he's not, he's still sovereign, uh, he's still the king, and he reigns with all splendour and majesty. Um, in this family, they would have this phrase, in Romans 8, 38. 28. Romans 8, 28. Um, God works together for the good for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know what the, first, the three words are before that, that phrase? In all things. In all things, God works together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, we often forget that. Bit. But in all things, God's got a plan. Uh, for, for some of us, this might not be a plan A. 
but God's creating this new plan A for our nation. And his promises in, in all things, he's going to work together for good. Uh, just, turn, just turn to each other and say, in all things. In all things. All things. God works together for good. God works together for good. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, but for some of us, uh, and some of the people that, that we know, the last remnants of belief in this political process, this last, if you like, this cultural mountain has been, uh, has been destroyed. And for some of us, we're bereft. Uh, and we're even a little bit cross with those other people. Those other people. Uh, and for others, our confidence uh, is in the will of the people. And you're heartened and buoyant. It's a time of change. And I would just say to both, I would just urge caution. Um, the government do not provide hope. You, you have been sold a false premise. Uh, the government isn't the place to find your hope. Governments aren't created by nature. They're not like the government minister, the business secretary. She said, what we need now is our nation is healing. The, government, the governments aren't the main drivers for healing or reconciliation or hope. Uh, and this is what I want to propose. The main drivers for hope is you. The main vehicle of hope is God's people. Um, the kingdom is advancing. Faith, hope and love. It's, it's about us. We are the vehicles of hope. And government can either facilitate these or be directly opposed to some of these things that we were after. But hope can never be the business of government. Um, one American pastor, he says, those that have the most hope have the most influence. Those that have the most hope have the most influence. Um, Negative people look for problems in every solution. You get that? Ne negative people, and we've been sowing a lot of negativity, negative people look for problems in every solution. We have a solution. We have hope. We have the solution. Uh, just turn to your neighbour. I have the solution. Just tell them. I have the solution. <laughs> I want to put another, I'm going to just throw some things out, if that's okay. The church, the church is the only organisation that exists for its non-members. It's the only organisation that, that sh exists for, that should benefit people that are part, part of it. Do you get that? Uh, and as soon as the church recognises who she's for, hope is able to be released. Mm. As soon as we recognise what we're about, as soon as we know our identity as individuals, but also as a community, hope is then able to be released. We have the solution. And so I'm excited. Hope remains. I'm really excited. 
And one of the main ways we can release hope is through compassion. I believe. Um, compassion is one of the one, main ways we will demonstrate hope. Uh, and again, I, I don't know whether I'm a prophet or, or what I am, but I, I'm, I know that austerity and further cuts are going to happen in our nation. I'm, I don't know whether it needs a prophet. I, I think it's obvious. Further cuts are going to happen. But the church is in a greater position to provide the gaps. The church was the, the one that invented compassion in our nation. The church is the one that fed, that clothed, that provided shelter, that, that started most of our schooling, most of our education systems. And I wonder whether God's bringing the church back to what he, want, he wanted it for. So I'm excited. Um, I remember about 10 years ago, I would phone up people in social services, different, different departments, and I, as soon as I mentioned church or as a Christian, I would literally have the phone put down on me. And I, I've just been noticing that there's been a shift in um, just, pe just pe government departments, partly because they're broke, it's probably, if I'm honest, it's partly because they're broke, that they're now saying, oh, you were, yeah, come, please help us. So we have a job club, and uh, we unashamedly pray for people. So we, uh, forgive me if you've heard the story, we had some people who were assessing job clubs come to visit our job club. And uh, we, during the time, we had a, we, we felt like God wanted to heal some people in the job club. And so we just announced publicly, who's got a bad back in the, in the middle of the job club? And so a lady said, yeah, that's me, that's me. So we prayed for her. She, she claimed she was better. Uh, what I really loved is then going over to the assessors. <laughs> and looking, they were looking at the clipboard because they couldn't work out. Where, <laughs> they didn't have a chart for that. <laughs> and they were like, what just happened there? And I said, well, we're a church. We believe in pastoral prayer. We believe that God... We, you've seen the evidence of, of what we're doing with the job club. We've seen that we're doing a fantastic job in helping people to get confidence and, and get jobs ultimately. But also, if you've got people that are sick, send them to the job club. So, I was telling, so the assessors, I was saying, if you've got people that are ill, bring them to the job club. This is the place. And they, they still were looking at their clipboard. <laughs> so I've, I've been noticing the gaps that the church is able to, to fulfill. Uh, I, I'm just going to throw this out, I think the next biggest shift, so in 10 years time, I think the next biggest shift is, is around health and wholeness. The, the landscape of healing and wholeness is, a, is an area that I think the church can, can fill some gaps. Um, someone mentioned about the A&E. I imagine if we took if we, if we all turned up at the A&E and put a massive sign saying healing, we might get thrown out by the security guards at A&E. But uh, I, I want to propose, I think the church needs to get good at healing. And not just physical healing, but a whole load of, load of areas. That <coughs> wellness, whether it's our mind, healthy living, nutrition, 
We've got something to say about this. Mm. We've got something to say about wholeness and healing. Uh, the other area that I think that where as a church we can bring hope is a whole area of healthy relationships. whole area of purity. You see there's massive gaps now in this. What's, what's the voice in this area? Purity, healthy relationships, pornography, healthy marriages, healthy single life with children, with parents, with couples, with individuals. And as a church, for Viv and I, the things that we've been dreaming about is healthy church, healthy relationships, healthy communities. Uh, and to sometimes, as Viv and I, we're just humbled to leave this church. That sometimes, I don't know if anyone's been in the jungle where you, there's no path. You just have to kind of hack your way through and there's no path forward you. Know, I think this whole area of wholeness and healing and healthy living, this is one of those areas where we just have to hack a new path for people. And so I'm encouraged. I don't know if you can see it on my face. I'm encouraged um, that some of us, have the, we've experienced this disillusion, disillusionment of a shattered idol in terms of politics. Politics isn't our trust. It's, it's a piece in the puzzle of something which we must remain engaged with it. However, it will never fulfill its promises. The king, like you said earlier in the scripture, the kingdom, Jesus, that brings hope is not of this world. But it's present in this world. But it's not of this world. And uh, I don't... I don't think we've ever said you must do this. We're, we're never going to sort of control people's spirituality. But one of the things I want to urge people to, to do is don't let fear get a, a hold. Don't let fear, don't, as you look through the feeds, it's easy to get fear and anger and frustration to get a foothold. And um, we must not let fear get a foothold. And I, I want to close. We pray. We read the scriptures and we forgive. Those are the three things. So if I was going to urge you to do anything, pray, read some scriptures and forgive. And forgive. Overnight, uh, on the Friday morning, I woke up about three o'clock and just the adrenaline kicked in as I watched the news. And there was a mixture of praying, shock. I don't know what you were like when you woke up. And uh, overnight, I felt, and again, I don't know whether this was, I was tired, I, the adrenaline was kicked in, but I felt there were these sort of four or five things in Scripture for us to look at uh, for the rest of our time here. Uh, and I want to give us some time to pray together as well. Um, just to number one. talked about us realising what we have inside of us and then releasing the hope uh, to the world. And I believe that this is the truth that changes you and changes me and then brings life uh, where there is none. And it offers hope where, there, where there's uncertainty. And it invites people to more, to encounter more of God. And I believe God is asking us to pray, 
drawing from some scriptures and asking us to be the answers for people's fears. Asking us to be the answers for people's insecurities or questions. People are definitely looking beyond now. They're looking for answers beyond what's, a, what's on our sort of time feed or the news or other rhetoric. So number one. Number one. Uh, Psalm 121 verse 1 and 2. It says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. So number one, look up. Look up, look up, look up. It's our normal Christian life is to worship and to look up, to look beyond ourselves, to look away from our belly buttons and our insecurities and all the stuff and just shift up, shift our gaze up from beyond ourselves. Our feelings can't be trusted. We cannot trust our feelings. They're the, they're the wrong indicator to look at your life from. The truth is... This is where we're to look. We're not to look here. We're not to look down here. We need to look up and beyond, uh, beyond what we are. And number two, forgive. I said it before, forgive. I felt God saying that we just need to forgive, to, to let fear have a foothold or to kind of put, put, put a foothold in, in your life. One of the ways to kind of let go of that fear is to forgive people. So even as you see your stream, just forgive that person. Uh, just forgive them. Uh, Jesus said, this is what he said when he was on the, on, the, on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Number three, pray. I believe God is asking us to pray, drawing from the scriptures and using us to be the answers to people's fears. People are looking for answers. You are the answer. What I want to do now is just get into groups and pray. Get into groups of like threes and fours and pray for hope. Pray released hope into each other. Uh, but also you might just forgive people just as a, as a public act as well. So we're going to do that for three or four minutes. Just where you are. This is going to be awkward. Forgive me. Just turn to where you are. I just thought it would be great to say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For if you forgive us, other people. <laughs> Lead us not to take but deliver us from it. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Oh, we forget this last verse. We kind of stop at Amen. And this is this is this is the verse I wanted to kind of illustrate. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. We can't rely on our feelings. We need to forgive. This is a, this is a command of Jesus. This isn't, this isn't just good advice. This is a command to forgive. If, if we don't forgive, it says here, 
If we don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So I'll just, I'll leave that. Okay, so that was number three. Uh, two was to forgive. Three was to pray. Number four, as I was thinking about how can we bring hope... Understanding the debate and ask people. One of the things you can do is ask people, how are you, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How does it feel? So we're sort of engaging, we're disengaging the rhetoric and the debate and the opinion to, how are you doing? How are you feeling about this? And it's easy for us to get cerebral and pontificate <laughs> on the debate. Be interested in people, not just their views. Um, be interested and uh, and one of the best ways you can do that is ask questions before you then give your, give your opinion. Okay, number five. Christ is in the crisis. The opportunities for people to see Jesus. I'm, I'm hopeful. And already we're, we've, we've noticed that Bruce and I and others, as we sort of talk to people, we've noticed that people are really open just yesterday we were out uh, talking and praying with people and um, Josh, Josh and Bruce uh, talking to a young man and he, he, he just told me his sins. He just confessed. I just want to tell you all the stuff I've done wrong in my life. And we're noticing, I've been noticing these last few months even, there's been a lot more openness for people to, that people are in a crisis and they need Christ. And uh, so we've, we've led... Um, a number of people to Christ over these last couple of weeks. At the job club, I don't know whether someone referred, one of the statutory agencies referred someone to us who needed Jesus, but, you know, she became a Christian at, at the job club. It was amazing. Uh, we're noticing that there's hope on the streets. And uh, people are watching you. People are watching you. Your authenticity, your interest in people, and your lack of fear. Because people are, have entered, they've stepped into fear. But they'll be looking at you and noticing that your lack of fear is... What's that about? Why, is, why, why aren't you engaged in fear? Why have you got a bit more hope? Why do you... Uh, so don't shy away from talking about the hope that you've got. Don't shy away from talking about God. Naturally. And how prayer has been helping you. And how the words of Jesus have been helping you. Um, the, the last last thing we're going to do, and uh, I'm coming to land, I promise. Um, in John 14, 
there's, a, there's three chapters, John 14, and you can, you can do the maths, uh, to 17. He uh, some fantastic uh, prayers, promises, hopes. And I would just be encouraging you over these next few days, just read John 14, 15, 16, 17. Read those three or four chapters. Uh, if you only can read one chapter, read John chapter 14. If you only, only read one verse, read John 14, verse 1. And it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. Uh, what's interesting, as I was reading this, uh, John 14, 17, some of, the, some of the titles of the paragraphs are quite interesting. These weren't in the original Greek. These weren't placed in here, but uh, the people that sort of collated the Bible. So beginning of chapter 14 it says, Jesus comforts his disciples. And this, there was a moment where the disciples were, were scared about their future. They didn't know what was going to happen in their future. And Jesus just starts, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me, trust in God. Um, and there's some prayers about unity. How do we pray for one another in unity? some great prayers in John, John 17 where he talks about the prayer. Prayers for unity. So I really, really encourage you, John, John 14 to 17. We, I also wanted to pray for people who are, who are either civil servants, social workers, uh, in politics, working directly in the government. I wanted to pray for those people. If you're paid by the government or if you're <laughs> Involved in politics, would you just stand up? Would you stand up? Teachers, teachers, and um, we want to bless these guys as they work with the government, for the government, as they're involved in people's lives. Um, so you might, if you're around them, just. We'll get lots of cosy here, so if you want to just put your hands on there in like appropriate places. <laughs> and just bless them. For some of them, they've been called to politics. Some of you have been called to politics. Some of you have called to influence. So, so pray your best prayers for these people. And then we're going to ask them.